0: Good morning, FCC. How are you guys today? Good. Well, like uh, Brandon said, uh, the last three years have been busy, uh, so we should probably jump right in and get going here. Um, My wife and kids, uh, my wife's name is Arielle. Uh, Yes, like the mermaid. And yes, she is a beautiful redhead. Uh, My son, Micah, is our eight-year-old, our oldest. He is a lover of Pokemon, of numbers, and uh, picking on his brother. And then my youngest son is Christian. Uh, He is uh, six now, our blue-eyed, blonde-haired, energetic, uh, rambunctious little boy. He is also an aspiring uh, toddler model. So like Brandon said, uh, the last three years have been busy. They've been very difficult. And it's been quite the journey. Thankfully, God has made good out of these dark times. Um, I'd say everyone in this room is going to be able to relate at least a little bit with everything that's been going on over the last few months. And so that's my, my prayer for today is that our experiences and, and navigating through those dark times uh, can help everybody in this room at least a little bit with what's going on currently. So our story started out in November of 2016. I had actually just left my job in the financial sector um, because I felt like God was calling me to teach, to become a a male mentor, and um, step up for the the lack of males in the home that we see nowadays. God lined up uh, an amazing opportunity as a long-term substitute teacher for the PE position at my son's school, and that thankfully turned into a long-term position, or a full-time position. Um, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this, but uh, the financial sector pays a little bit better than teaching. So there was a a hefty pay cut, uh, but it felt like it was God's calling. And this was a good opportunity uh, to dip my toe in the water and confirm this is where he wanted me. Only weeks after that career change, uh, we noticed something with our youngest son, Christian, who was just turned two at the time. Uh, He was starting to bruise a lot. Uh, Those bruises, they weren't healing very well. Um again he he loves a rough house with his brother. He plays hard and so I just chalked it up as maybe we need to give him a little extra iron in his diet and uh, it'll probably solve it. I do remember getting upset with Ariel at uh one of uh, our events that we had uh, through church. It was a kind of a Thanksgiving get together with friends and uh she broke down uh that day because uh Christian acquired a new bruise while playing with some of the kids there. Um she had unfortunately made the choice to do the, the dreaded Google search of symptoms, and so she was fearing the, the worst possible thing. Uh, we did schedule a, a family doctor visit uh, for the following week. Uh, they ran some labs some blood tests, got back to us at the, the end of that day uh, with some some dreaded news that we needed to rush Christian to Lutheran Hospital's ER immediately. Unfortunately, her... Motherly instincts were correct. Uh, Lutheran then uh, ran some additional tests, and by the next morning had confirmed to us that Christian had blood cancer, specifically ALL leukemia. And they instructed us to head down to uh, Riley's Children's Hospital as soon as possible. I remember uh, rushing back home with Ariel and, and Christian, and, and packing our bags, and having to pick her up off the floor. After collapsing, crying out to God, how could this be happening to our baby? Uh, To make things worse, we had to leave Micah, who was then four years old, uh, behind with family. We made it to Riley um, late at night, and uh, procedures immediately started. Things like a uh, bone marrow uh, biopsy, a spinal tap. A port was placed in his chest. And they started chemo almost immediately. Uh, We barely had a chance to breathe once we got there. Uh, The port looks a lot like, think of like a plastic water bottle and the the plastic cap. Port uh, looks a lot like that plastic cap and it's placed under their skin. That way um, they can inject treatments through there with a little bit of numbing cream. That way they're not having to uh, tap a vein in their arm, uh, which is much more painful. And that port... Heart is hardwired into his heart. So the uh, medicine is administered much more efficiently as well. A highlight of our time at Riley uh, would have had to have been when my my parents brought our oldest son Micah down uh, to visit. It had been about a week. Seemed like the longest week of our life. And I remember just uh, sobbing as Christian as I hugged our boy. (laughs) Excuse me. Probably the greatest hug ever. Uh, 90% of children diagnosed with LL leukemia go into mission, remission within the first um, month or so of a, a very heavy treatment filled with lots of chemo and steroids. Christian had had showed really no symptoms prior to uh, finding out he had cancer. Really, all we had was the, the bruises. Um, so many other families came in um, with uh, kids having ached and and hurt for months. And so we thought we had caught it early, and we thought we were a shoe-in for that 90% statistic. Unfortunately, God had other plans. At the end of that month, we found out he had three times the allowable amount of cancer cells in his body at the time, and so he was put on high-risk treatment, which also lowered his statistics for survival. Ariel and I uh, are natural, organic type of parents. We like to let our kids play in the mud and eat germs, build their immunity naturally. And so this was a, a big change for us with uh, having to uh, constantly hand sanitize and, and chase after him and, and keep them uh, keep them safe. Uh, with him being on the, the highest regimen of chemo, uh, we started a fight of our life that was a three and a half year process, uh, total treatment included a three bone marrow biopsies, about 35 spinal taps, including a sedation, 10 months of intense chemo, and adult levels of steroids. The steroids were one week out of the month, and uh, they were trip. Um, on steroids, Christian... Looked a lot like a caged raccoon. He uh, could go from um, super happy to roid raging and back within about 60 seconds. Uh, He loved uh, meat at the time. Um, Things like a a roll up with uh, ham, bacon, a little jerky, and uh, some pepperoni on top. And he would devour it in seconds. He was frowning more than smiling, he was roid raging more than laughing. Eating more than sleeping, it felt like we were losing our, our son's his personality. Uh, a couple highlights from steroids. There were some funny moments. Uh, one day, we, we stopped by the park after work uh, to let the boys get some energy out and play a little bit. And we're over by a slide, having a good time, laughing. A little boy comes down the slide and giggles and smiles as he, as he jogs by. Uh, Christian looks at me with an evil look in his eye and says, I hate that boy. <laughs> tried, tried to talk him down, let him know that this little boy is our friend. He is fun. He is nice. Uh, but he wasn't having it. So we decided to go ahead and pack up and, and head back home before there was any sort of assault. Um, when we got home, uh, the neighbor's dog was at the edge of the yard, wagging uh, his tail happily, wanting some, some love from my family. Uh, Christian is a, a huge dog fan. And so we went over and loved on her, uh, Once Christian was done, he was jogging down the driveway back towards the house, laughing and giddy and screaming, I hate dogs. (laughs) So that is a toddler on steroids. Christian did eventually lose his hair. Um, We saw treatment as it built up in his system start to exhaust him. Um, This was difficult, especially with the hair loss because it was a constant reminder that he was sick. Uh, The common cold would divide our family, especially flu season. Uh, There were a lot of times where one of us was having to hide in the basement to protect him from our germs. um, Or one of us was staying at grandma and grandpa's house. Uh, Even with all the hand sanitizing and extra care, he still managed to have um, over a dozen ER visits within that three and a half year because of his uh, port protocol. Uh, Anytime... A child gets a fever because that port goes directly into their heart. Um, You have to go in the ER uh, to confirm that the fever is not an infection in the port. Unfortunately, with those dozen or more visits, they tended to always land at the most inopportune times. Uh, We had to cancel Christian's birthday party. We missed holidays. Um, Ariel and I nearly missed an anniversary trip. Thankfully, he got out of the hospital about two hours before we were supposed to leave. And so that was uh, one of the most difficult parts of just that constant schedule change and and our life was really surrounded by the the cancer schedule. Um, In this picture, I'd worked all day, came home to Christian not feeling very well. And so I was able to get him to liven up a little bit get him to laugh a little bit. He was starting to come out of his funk when then he threw up all over me. Um, he got very emotional and frustrated and, and upset and was crying, so I carried him to the shower where we washed off together and just held him until he started to calm back down and even started to fall asleep a little. Ariel caught that picture and post, posted it on social media you know, to share the up and downs of this of this process, and we're, we're grateful for that moment because it actually ended up going viral. Uh, it was 31,000 likes, 24,000 shares, 2,500 comments, uh, and it was a, a chance for us to show people a small glimpse of cancer and the way God was pulling us through. So we're about a year and a half into the into treatment, and and getting used uh, to this new cancer life, kind of uh, finding our bearings. It's July of 2018, and uh, I'd had a tough day. Uh, we got the kids down for bed and um, asked my wife if she cared if I went out for a motorcycle ride to, uh, to let off some steam and relax a little. Um, I had to bike for 14 years and uh, always wore my gear, head to toe, helmet, gloves, armor jacket, um, and once uh, once we had kids, I stopped going out at night just to try to uh, reduce the odds of you know, someone not seeing me and getting into an accident. That night, I broke my rule and, and went out for a little bit, and was uh, heading down the interstate, uh, coming off onto an off ramp. As we were, I was coming up and around, started looking over my shoulder uh, to merge into traffic. All of a sudden, I heard, "Bam!" I don't remember this, but I'd ran into the back of a broken down minivan sitting in the middle of the off ramp, no lights at 10 p.m. I went through the back window of the van. I was hanging halfway out. The police didn't do any procedures on me initially because they thought I was dead. I did eventually start moaning. I'd broken seven ribs. Punctured both my lungs, I had snapped the big bone in my forearm here, which dislocated my wrist. I had trauma to my spinal cord, as well as two fractures in my spinal column. Uh, This left me uh, paralyzed and in serious condition. Spoiler alert, I am no longer paralyzed. (laughs) Thank you. So the, uh, the first couple days in the hospital were, were blurry. Um, they had me on a lot of painkillers, a lot of meds. I was coming in and out of consciousness. And um, with that came intense panic attacks, uh, being paralyzed, not able to move my body, tied to a lot of machines. Um, the other issue was there's a medication they had me on uh, that was not allowed to drink anything for three days. And so I'd wake, three nights in a row I woke up. Uh, with a, a very dry mouth, choking on my tongue, and uh, having panic attacks um, without being able to move. And, and my wife thankfully was there to love on me, to sing to me, massage me, and try to help me to, uh, um, to get calmed down and back to sleep. My diagnosis initially was permanent or possible permanent paralysis with a 6 months minimum of inpatient rehabilitation and therapy. I remember wanting to die at first because I didn't want my wife to have to take care of me the rest of my life like a child. Thankfully, she wasn't having that. So the uh, next logical step was to come off the painkillers within the first few days of being there so I could think more clearly and so my body could feel the pain so I could start to recover. A lot of people were praying for us during this time, and by the grace of God, my toes started wiggling on day five. This started a painful process of rehabilitation, of get, learning to move my body again. I was eventually able to go through some um, therapy and rehab, uh, which I eventually graduated up to the Geo Machine which is a piece of technology I'm very grateful for. It's a a machine that takes the body weight off your legs and simulates the walking motion. I have a video of that. It should be coming up here. Yes. So it was a painful process to start, as you can see with the, the look on my face. But it was a good process. The extra hard work paid off, along with all the prayer. Uh, This next video is from only three weeks after the accident. I was outside the hospital working out with my lovely wife, uh, because uh, occupational and physical therapy were actually closed that day. And uh, I didn't want to waste a day sitting in my room, so I did some outdoor workouts, and things got a little tricky. All right, take two. We've been practicing all day. Focus, focus. Oh, man. Careful, careful. (laughs) Yay! Ah, love that video. (laughs) Um, So through a lot of therapy... I was able to learn to walk again, to bathe myself, to feed myself, um, to go to the bathroom on my my own, and um, typical day in in inpatient rehab was usually three sessions a day, and a lot of the, uh, most people would, um, on my floor, would have their three sessions, in between, they'd go back to the room, rest, watch a little TV, watch a little bit of TV. I, on the other hand, was on a mission. I would go back to my room turn on some worship music, rock out, and continue my my therapy movements because I needed to get home. Um, I believe uh, grimacing to those workouts in my room alone uh, were some of the closest times I've ever been to God. Miraculously, I was back home four weeks after the accident. Coming home proved to be more difficult than anticipated, uh, with the left side of my body being weak and slow. Um, There's some falling, There's, you know, asking my, my son to open a jar for me, and uh, a lot of struggle that I hadn't anticipated. I'd also had a lot of nerve pain in my arms, so little things like, like my son touching my arm were painful instead of pleasant. My neck brace was able to come off about a month and a half in. So that was nice. Uh, God answered more prayers and doctors decided against spinal surgery because enough natural healing had happened. They didn't want to take the chance. I started going to the YMCA again uh, to do very light workouts, lightweight workouts, and uh, really utilized the pool uh, for some pool therapy to try to regain some strength, some flexibility, and, and some of the 20 pounds of muscle I'd lost in the hospital. Like I mentioned earlier, my, my long-term subbing position as a PE teacher turned into a full-time role. And so I was able to go back in September, two days a week, part-time. And then in November, I was back to work full-time. I had some big gains in November. I was able to tie my own shoes. I was able to take my own shirt off. And I was starting to feel like a big boy again. Mm-hmm. Things were healing slowly, but surely and moving in a good direction. And we're starting to find that balance of this cancer life as well as this handicapped life. So Thanksgiving rolls around and we're especially excited this year because we had missed last year due to cancer. Uh, We went to my my cousin's house and had a, a nice time. Christian was especially excited because she has a uh, a dog, that's a, that's a boxer pit bull mix, she's a, a sweetheart, so he harassed her throughout the day, constant petting and rolling around on top of her. Um, as we were getting ready to head out at the end of the day, and for whatever reason, when I knelt down to, to pet the dog one last time, it jumped up and bit my face. Don't understand why this happened, the dog had never bit anyone before, but it tore my nostril and punctured my septum, which is the cartilage between your nostrils. So I was back in the ER Thanksgiving night. Thankfully, those injuries healed up uh, well. Uh, this, the, uh, the cuts uh, were showing uh, very little to no scarring, and this injury was healing much quicker than a motorcycle accident. So that was good. Things were starting to be back on the up and up. And Christmas break rolled around. And so we took the boys out the first night of Christmas break uh, for some hot chocolate and to go look at Christmas lights. We had a, a nice evening. And as we were coming back home, waiting to turn into our addition, as some oncoming traffic was coming. Um, all of a sudden we were here. Boom a distracted teenage driver in an SUV hit the back of my car at 50 miles per hour. He never touched the brakes, and I know this because my wife was driving at the time, and uh, we had one car go around us on the right, um, right before that happened, and so I'd lean forward to look out the side mirror to see if there's any other traffic coming up behind us. That's when I saw him barreling down, realized the front end was not dipping at all. He was not swerving at all. I tried to yell out to my family, but was not able to in time. I blacked out immediately because I leaned forward. It bounced my face off the dashboard. I remember coming back to within a couple of seconds and seeing stars, not really knowing what was going on. Are we, have we rolled over? Are we still on our wheels? Um, I immediately had tasted blood, and I remember... Eventually realizing that we were, were still on our wheels and that Ariel was able Ariel, he had pushed us in oncoming traffic. Ariel was able to thankfully uh, swerve around and, and get into the opposing um, ditch to get away from oncoming traffic. If you look at that picture, I think it's amazing how that that trunk was pushed in to just inches away from my children. Thankfully. I was the only one injured. Ariel had some, some bruises and a stiff neck. The boys were fine. But I ended up with uh, some deep nasal fractures. A broken nose. The uh, dog bites that had healed up so nicely had all ripped back open. And um, so now I was dealing with my third ER visit in six months. A crooked nose. Nasal drip issues, some depression, anxiety, as well as PTSD from the, the crash of that accident. And uh, fear while driving now. All these things on top of, of everything else to work on. Thankfully, that career change was was paying off well. I was loving what I was doing, being able to pour into students and teach them the, the joys of movement and the, the physical and mental benefits of that while also pouring into them as a mentor, uh, volunteering three lunches a week to go sit with students and talk. Uh, sometimes I felt like my job was maybe the only thing holding my head above water with everything that had been happening. In May of 2019, only two weeks before summer break, I made a mistake at work. A, a student has bumped, bumped his head at an uh, off-campus um, ice skating lesson that we were doing. And my school was very very strict about their concussion protocol. So anytime a student bumped their head, you, you filled out a, a couple-page form, and then that needed to go out same day to admin and the parent. Uh, thankfully, the student um, recovered well from the bump. But when we eventually got back to campus... I headed back to my office uh, to write up the form. I came back to a couple of rush emails and a voicemail and a couple items I needed to get uh, fixed right away. And I made a mistake of doing those couple things and then leaving at the end of the day forgetting to fill out that form and send it out. Um, their protocol for that, uh, that uh, concussion form is if you make two mistakes in your career, on that form, then it's an automatic termination. They came back and fired me because they said that was my, my second strike. It was kind of a perfect storm because my supervisor had just uh, left the school a few weeks prior uh, to take a head of school position out of state, and so she was not able to be there to um, to stand by my side. Once they fired me, I was able to get a hold of my supervisor and she was able to prove that it was actually only my first strike. And so we reached back out to admin, but unfortunately they said, it's too late, we have to stick with our decision. This was especially hard for me to deal with, because I felt like it didn't necessarily have to happen. Like it kind of defied the odds for it to happen. Um, I'd, I'd left my career in finance to mentor and to step up for the deadbeat dads in the world and I came into the school um, for orientation at the beginning of the year when we got a standing ovation from, from staff and admin and, and parents. And the last couple of days of school was let out as a failure. I wasn't able to say goodbye to my students that I'd spent the last three years pouring into, building relationships with, and mentoring. And so I felt like a deadbeat dad to 170 kids. I feel like Satan aligned the perfect scenarios for that to be able to happen with my mistake. And I think that happened because I was making progress with the students and growing the kingdom. So he lined everything up to get me out of there. But we can't let Satan win. So I became a speaker with a group called the Respect Team. And we go into schools, middle school and high school programs health and PE classes and we talk about things like respecting yourself, respecting others, um, ways to communicate efficiently, uh, mental health, ways to, uh, to build strong relationships, suicide awareness and we open up the door to build to uh, have them reach out to us if they're struggling with something. I def- des- desperately miss being a PE teacher but working for the respect team has been very rewarding and it allows me to touch more students every year because we work in all all schools in the area. So I've stood up here belly aching about all the bad things that have happened. There's been a lot of really good things to happen too. So let's let's talk about that. For Ariel and I we realized that the closest we've ever been to God and each other have been during these trials, especially the motorcycle accident That's the beauty of Christ. In the dark times, if you ask Christ to come into your life, he'll make the bad into good. You just have to ask and trust. I think these verses do a good job of reminding us us of that. Uh, The first one being James 1, 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish in its work so that we may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Romans 5, 3 to 5 says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that the suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. Hope does not put to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given, he has given to us. John 16.33 says, I've said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulations, but take heart, I have overcome the world. One of my favorite verses uh, throughout this experience, and not only for myself, but also my, my son Christian, is Ephesians 6.10-17. through 17. It says, finally be strong in the Lord and his almighty power. Put on the full armor of God. buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. When I read that verse, it makes me think of a scene from the movie, like Three Hundred and a warrior preparing for a spiritual battle. Yeah, you know, I, I got to admit, I'm, I'm a little nervous to be up here today because of the attacks that have happened to my family and we've had a, a little bit of time with no attacks. Is this going to open up that gate again? I feel like Satan's trying to stop something here, but we can't let him. We have to courageously keep pushing forward for the kingdom. This verse gives me the strength and confidence to trust God will protect us. God has protected us, and he's worked miracles. Some examples of the miracles that we've seen in the last three and a half years are uh, things like Ariel praying over Christian as he's developing a fever. Uh, specifically at Riley, you know that, that was, it was supposed to be a one week of treatment, but if you had two fevers during that week, You had to stay for four weeks. Christian had just developed a second fever. Ariel prayed over him, and within minutes, that fever lifted, and we got to go home the next day. And she had done that many times throughout the three-and-a-half-year process, saving us multiple ER trips. Something we didn't realize at the time, but choosing Samaritan Ministries as our healthcare provider after I changed careers. Um, We were a healthy, active family that really never made insurance claims, and God was definitely leading us to go with that program because of what all they were going to do for us in our upcoming trials. Not only have they covered us in an amazing way, but the network of Christians praying for us through that organization has been amazing. The way Christian has handled treatment like a little warrior, and he's in remission, he is cancer free. His treatment actually ended in February. And so now we're just down to once a month visits for checkups on his, check his numbers and to confirm that everything's still good to go. So far, so good. God allowed my spine to heal. I'm able to walk. I'm able to run. Able to play with my kids. I'm able to love my wife. If we can grow God's kingdom with this story, then we owe it to him. God has answered so many prayers during this time, some of them painfully so. With the the attacks that have happened on our family, those first couple, I started praying that if any additional attacks have to happen, God, please protect my wife, protect my kids. Let me take that punishment. The dog bite. Christian was laying on the floor, rolling on top of it minutes before it bit me. Thank you, Jesus. God, stop that SUV from going inches further into that trunk and striking my children. I was the only one injured. Thank you, Jesus. We never realized how blessed we were with family and friends coworkers church family until all this happened even strangers the amount of people that came out of the woodwork reminded us how good people are so i challenge you guys today surround yourself with good people we're only as good as the people we surround ourselves with meet with them face to face Live in community the way the Bible instructs us. We're part of an awesome life group that's been together for years. And we do life together. We hold each other up in the tough times. Enjoy the good times together. We meet once a week. And when I was in the hospital and missed a couple weeks, they couldn't go to church groups. So the church group came to me. And this is what the church looks like. We've been mentored by a family named the Bakers. Uh, Their daughter, Allie, went through ALO leukemia almost exactly one year prior to Christian. Uh, They've mentored us through these trials, prepared us for what's to come next, and we were introduced to them by a neighbor. We secretly hope one of our sons will marry their beautiful little daughter, who's also in remission. We're so thankful for the organizations that are out there that have helped us along the way, like Kate's Cart and Camp What You Want to Do, Cancer Services, Leukemia Lymphoma Society, and all the volunteers that work with those organizations. Christian actually got to be the honored hero this year for the um, Leukemia Lymphoma Society, and which allowed him to get up on stage and, and um, entertain everybody. Um, Ariel and I got to go up and, and give a speech that allowed, their, during their fundraiser, which allowed us to lift God up during those moments. But also uh, an organization called Make-A-Wish. Most of you have probably heard of it. Uh, Christian wants to see a volcano someday. And as soon as uh, travel limitations are lifted and things get back to normal, uh, Ma- Make-A-Wish is going to be sending us to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> so we are very excited for that. I once read where someone said, don't just go through it, grow through it. You know, going through these trials, I've I've tried to remember that, but also expound on it, instead of just growing through it, how can we grow those around us also? So we've been very open on social media, with our ups, with our downs, you know, in a place where so many people only want to talk about the good things. And so people have really connected uh, to our story. Everyone loves a good comeback story, so I, I I challenge you to to share your stories of comeback from the rooftops, your struggles, the things you've overcome. Shout it from the rooftops! By the miracle of God, my family has been victorious, so I need to shout it. My boys and I love to wrestle; it's kind of our uh, kind of our love language together. Micah, my oldest. You know, when I get that, that, that look on my face like it's, it's on. He likes to turn and, and run down the hallway screaming, like, waiting for me to chase after him. Christian, on the other hand, our youngest, smallest, he gets a smar- snarl on his face. He yells a warrior yell, and he bum rushes me with his own attack. <laughs> <laughs> Cancer has turned this little boy into an amazing little warrior. I pray that God will use these experiences to make him a kingdom grower, to make him an amazing husband, father, and leader in his community someday. The armor of God has allowed me to turn a six-month prediction into four weeks of coming back home to my family. Ariel and I, we were supposed to do a Spartan race only two days after uh, my motorcycle accident. That's one of those races. It's a 5K, and it's like a military-style obstacle course. So her and I had been training extra hard, and I was in better-than-normal shape at that time. So we feel like God had put that on our calendar to get me ready for this accident. And doctors have actually said, we believe the reason you recovered so well and recovered from paralysis is because you were in such good shape at the time. So I want to challenge you guys. What are we doing to grow our temple 1 Corinthians six nineteen to 20 says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you are bought with a price, so glorify God with your body. Philippians four thirteen says, For I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So I ask you today to set a small goal for yourself, maybe for your family, of how you can improve that temple just a little bit. Maybe uh, schedule a a walk with your family or a bike ride. Maybe get in the pool and swim together. A family that moves together and exercises together, stays together. Invest in your temple and your quality of life because someday it might save your life. So the last three years have taught me that time is our most valuable asset. We can't make more of it, And it's the one thing I thought about the most while in the hospital. Why did I waste so much time on YouTube, on social media, staying late at work? I should have taken my sons to go do those things, but I was just waiting a couple more years when they're a little bit older and it'll be a little bit easier. I should have taken my wife on that that trip that we could afford at the time, but let's wait another year or two when the timing's better. So thank God for each day. Read scripture. Kiss your spouse passionately. Play joyfully with your kids or grandkids. If you don't like your job, quit. Life is too short. There's a better fit for you out there somewhere else. Turn off the TV and read or listen to a self-improvement book. Thank God for each day. And remember, memories over money. Ephesians 5:25 says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loves the church and gave himself up for her. The cross and your spouse are the greatest two gifts God can give you. Are you loving your partner in a way that God instructs biblically? I know I had regrets of taking my wife for granted. And wishing I had been a better husband once I was in that situation. And I can't imagine having gone through the last couple of years without Ariel. She is the rock of our family. When you're laying in a hospital bed, it's a lot easier to to see and remember that. So I ask you not to wait for tragedy to show your appreciation. So all this has been hard on our marriage. We're currently in Christian marriage counseling because she's worth the investment, because mental health should not be swept under the rug. So men especially ask you, if she's asking you to go to counseling, stop being a wuss and take her. Invest in your wife, invest in your family, and invest in your family tree. Don't lose sight of why you said I do. Stop on the way home from work and pick up a small gift. Say I love you every day. Take her on a date once a month. It can be expensive, but a lot cheaper than a divorce. (laughs) Give her a kiss and a compliment every day. Keep your eyes pure. I know this one can be so hard in today's age. Keep our eyes pure. Love your partner selflessly every day because in an instant, tomorrow may not come. Jesus, I come to you in prayer to thank you for this opportunity to share our story. And I pray that one person in this room somebody online can relate to this story, that they needed to hear this story, and that it can help us to better navigate the difficult times our world is seeing currently. God, I ask that as the trials come, we grow closer to you and trust you more. I ask if there's a struggling marriage that you wrap your arms around them and help them. God, I hope my story today can help someone that may be questioning, are you really out there? That they could see through all the miracles, through all the answered prayer, that there is no doubt you are real. You've saved my life. You have blessed me with an amazing family. And I thank you for the opportunity to stand up here and tell of how great you are. Jesus, I ask that you wrap your arms around the people in this room and the people online and comfort them in this difficult time. Help them to continue to be courageous and to trust you. Jesus, let the people leave here today and go out and lift up your kingdom throughout the week. Thank you again for this opportunity. Amen.